Now there's like three, two, one countdown. I love that. I like the idea that somebody's podcast like needs to start like right on up, <laughs> like immediately. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the most excellent 80s movies podcast. It's the podcast where a filmmaker, a comedian and their guests revisit the uh, movies of the 1980s that we think we love uh, with these our modern eyes to see how well they hold up. Uh, today we are watching Clue, a movie selection from 1985. Every person in this room has the perfect motive. Stand back! For murder. What do you mean? Murder. But only one of these suspects is the murderer. Is it the timid Mr. Green? Why are you screaming? Because I'm frightened! one! Screaming! Or the militant Colonel Mustard? If I was the killer, I would kill you next. Huh? Except if... If Mrs. White, who helped her husband on his way... What's the matter of life after death? Now that he's dead, I have a life. Miss Scarlet, who's helped many men along the way. Practice makes perfect. Professor Plum, who's looking for a way. I'm looking, I'm looking. Mrs. Peacock. I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, but I am determined to enjoy myself. Or did the butler do it? No. 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 Paramount Pictures invites you to an evening of mystery. Let us in, let us in, let us out, let us out. Murder. This is getting quite serious. And madness. In the movie that makes a scene of the crime. Clue, it's not just a game anymore. That's kind of a weird trailer. There's a lot of, there's like, it did that thing where there's stuff in the trailer that's not in the movie. Um, all right. So I'm Chrissy Lenz, uh, uh, director of the Neighborhood Comedy Theater. And uh, with me as always. Oh, is- the me? Yeah, you. <laughs> Nathan Blackwell, um, filmmaker and podcaster, apparently. I think it's been like three years, Nathan. <laughs> I think you're a podcaster. Um, and with us today is uh, a po- also a podcaster and educator and mm. film uh, film expert, uh, Mr. Mm. Jeff Frank of the Hello. Knights of the World Table podcast. Um, oh, a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. This Welcome. is excellent. It Most is. Most excellent. Most excellent. <laughs> nice. So what is uh, your history with this movie? You picked it, Jeff, so we'll start with you. Yes, and I have to say I'm shocked that this isn't one of the first movies that you did in the podcast because well, it we is- can start that strong up front. We've got to like spread them out. It's like, why haven't you done such and such? Well, come on. We've got to pace ourselves. That's true. Well, you had to get Dragon Slayer in there. I mean, everybody, (laughs) people clamoring to hear you talk about that. But no, this is a a fantastic, fantastic film. Uh, Absolutely um, uh, essential 1980s watching, in my opinion. Uh, And I hope you feel the same. Otherwise, a very awkward conversation. Yes, a, a pretense to murder that really works. That's really what we should do is essential viewing for if you're going to commit a murder. There we go. I was writing yeah, that down. To see how many how many possibilities there are. Um 
this is one of my favorite movies. I definitely have this movie like 100% memorized, like to the point where I was watching it last night with my kids and they were like, mom, if you're going to keep saying the movie along with the movie, like <laughs> we're going to go. And I'm like, well, you per- then perhaps you should go. because <laughs> Then be gone with you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to not do it that way. Um, yeah, I've seen this movie a gajillion times. And I've seen it a bunch. Uh, like, I've gone to see it at, like, um, uh, revival screenings, like at the Alamo Draft House. Oh. Um, oh, man. Where they give you, like, little cap guns and stuff uh, <laughs> to play along with. I've I've gone to that twice, so. Oh, wow. It's, it's real good. <laughs> I think this movie, like, is responsible <laughs> for a... a a not insignificant percentage of my like comedy personality. <laughs> well, a great source to draw from because it's full of great comedic performances, like nonstop. They are comedy acting their butts off in this movie. Uh, like mm-hmm. e- every moment they're just chewing every frame of this movie up to try and like <laughs> be funny and like sticky and do something silly and ridiculous in each bit of the role. I mean, just like in the the extended shot I'm thinking of that just jumped out is when they're drawing lots. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just this long, like, 45-second take. And it's just, you know, just, walking just around and looking at each other. Taking it all very personally. Like, yes. hmm, are we together? No, we're not together. Oh, perhaps us? No, we are not together. Yeah, it's such a good mix of like quick edits and quick energy frantic energy and then also something that's just this long there's there's so many moments of of silence in this movie where you don't lose any of the energy or any of the comedy like when they're each trying to find a place to sit in the um in the drawing room or the lounge or whichever room's full of uh in the study where there are, are all the dead bodies and they're just like all trying some place to find some place to sit and mr green like ends up leaning on a table and nobody there's no dialogue to hold up the the um the attention but just watching everybody's very subtle responses um is just there's so much there it's on every level it's in the vocalization it's in the physical comedy it's in the writing it's in the um it's it's everywhere you look including in the board game clue that's the that's the craziest part of this right is like no part of this should work nobody like going to a like here's we're gonna make a movie based on a board game Ah. and you know the board game, it's Clue. It's about murder and you're trying to figure it out. But here's the thing. It's going to be funny. Yeah. It's going to be a really funny movie about a board game about murder. And this, according to the internet, is the first movie based on a board game. It's stupid that that's a genre, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. So what are the other ones? There's Battleship. Battleship I could think of. Um, Jumanji? Uh, Jumanji. Oh, right. What was that? No, no, Jumanji was a book. Okay. It oh, was a book true. about a board game. 
<laughs> well, I, I think one of the reasons why Clue works as a movie is because the board game practically is based off of movies, of of whodunit movies, of like, you know, like the classic, like, um, you know, Death on the Nile, like the Agatha Christie kind of like, you know, Murder on the Orient Express, where it's like all these, like, you know, like, you know, in, in the movies, it's all these like famous actors, but which one of them did it, you know? Which one of them committed right. the murder? Mm-hmm. And it's done in a way that you could play. It recycles and spins all the locations and elements so that you can play multiple times. But yeah, I feel. <laughs> whereas I guess, you know, it's I, the, it, it, otherwise like a board game usually doesn't have a narrative, you know, not really like life, you know, <laughs> right. it's a very broad thing or or like monopoly it's like well, it's oh my God. people getting rich do you think like in the screening of the movie that when they were like 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 with the super fans on like opening night like oh man oh guys the clue club we are going to this we are going and then like in the movies are like well let's go to the drawing room they're like whoa oh! <laughs> they said it they said the thing Oh, they open it with the pipe and they're all, oh, the pipe, the pipe. It looks just like a pipe. Oh. Their own versions. Yes. Are there fans? Are there like board games? Play as uh, Miss Scarlet. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I love it. I, I, I would love to believe that that's true. Um, I, I, I just want to. The, the, this movie, like, it feels like a play, and I feel like somebody should put it on as a play. Like, just use a set from Noises Off, and and let's do. Okay, this you as have a to play. cut this out because that's too good of an idea to let out there. We need to cut this part of the podcast out and start developing it now. You can't let this. You can't let somebody else beat you to this. Uh, um. Uh, so it was written by John Landis. Along with the uh, director. Yes. Whose name I didn't write down. Sorry. Uh, Jonathan Lynn. Jonathan Lynn of My Cousin Vinny fame. Ah, yes. Uh uh, and we've done we've done John Landis movies before, like we've done Three Amigos, and uh, John Landis and Tim Curry uh, worked together on another movie that is not very good, but that I really love called Oscar. <laughs> Have you seen that one? No. Nope. Mm-hmm. Highly, yeah. highly recommend. Um, but yeah, they were just like, let's make a movie out of Clue, the board game, and let's get like every single person who is going to be like. You know, to like my kids who are 14 and 10, who are just like, oh, that's the guy from the thing. And that's the lady from the thing. Like people who have worked for so, so, so long. Yeah. Um, and it's all held together by the, by the amazing. Like, is there anything Tim Curry can't do? The answer is no. Yeah. Truthfully, the hardest part of after watching this and preparing for this podcast was trying to think of a Wadsworth for the recast portion uh-huh. of this podcast like i i'm still i'm still not 100 percent on my choice well you know who was almost wadsworth was rowan atkinson and, and he, he was rejected by the oh. studio because he wasn't famous you know yeah because he was too british or not known by americans i mean well he is too british yes yeah, he is too british. aggressively yeah. british i yeah. think he's like 250 percent british yeah. he would he would have so. been great though um uh but like even when Rowan Atkinson is being uh, serious and is like playing it um, 
uh, not Mr. Bean. Uh, mm-hmm. He's still just like, and I don't know if it's because I see him as Mr. Bean, but I look at his face and I want to laugh. Like I can't take him seriously. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Tim Curry is so serious that when he is hilarious, it, it goes the other way. It's not like I'm a hilarious clown who now you must take seriously. It's like, I'm a probably is definitely a murderer. And now you're going to laugh at me. Um, mm. And his performance is so, 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 so good. It's classic Tim Curry. It's like literally, if if I if if I could only have just one Tim Curry, it would be this Tim Curry. Probably because it was my first. Yeah, and and I I agree with that. I would have to think hard, but I would probably land on on Clue. Um, he's amazing. And then we've got so we've got. Um, let me see if I can get them in the order that they uh, arrive. The first person to arrive is Martin Mull as mm-hmm. Colonel Mustard. Yeah. Is that right? Um, and then we have uh, Miss Scarlet. Leslie Ann no. Warren. No, no, no. She comes in. She comes in with uh, uh, Professor Plum. They come mm-hmm. in together. Yep. And they're they're almost last, if not last. Um, the next person to come in is Miss uh, Mrs. White, who's wearing right. black. And she is, oh my God, Madeline Kahn? Yes, yeah, okay. the awesome Madeline. God, she's geez. amazing. I don't know why her name just went away from me. She has my favorite line in this whole movie. Oh, every um, line of hers is a favorite line, right? Yeah, she's so yeah. She she's just so good at being weird, at being unexpectedly weird. Unexpectedly weird, but yeah. but also like she is playing it one hundred percent sincere, one hundred percent earnest. Like she is grounded as a as a character, as an actor, and she just. Her, and she's making like logical choices, but she is absurd. But those choices are absurd. <laughs> it seems like it, it seems like it, they shot like all of her takes are like, okay, give me the line again. All right, do it again. All right, we've done it forty times. All right, do it. Just do the craziest thing you can think of for this take that we haven't done before. And it's just like, uh, 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 uh. and it's like it's it's just great. Yeah, I, I, my if someone who is totally married to like the script would I could see being frustrated with Madeline Kahn because she brings in so much of her own like choices into mm. what she does, but it's awesome. Like if 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 you love what she does, then you, you're you're begging for those those things. Well, Absolutely. and I feel like she has everybody has. Um, like Virginia Woolf, like rattle off very smart, um, uh, very cleverly worded lines, and she's got tons of them, and she, she just hits them so fast. Like, uh, how many husbands have you had? Mine or other women? Yeah. <laughs> five. Yes, just the five. You know, she's so she's so great. Um, and then and honestly, the rewatchability of this movie is just because uh, some of those lines just come buried under other lines that are just said in a breath in a reaction and so you can watch this movie 30 times and you you would pull out a new <laughs> joke a new thing that you didn't catch the first time yes um and the, and the cleverness of it just like i think what i responded to when i was watching this movie as a kid was the the physical comedy and the slapstickiness mm-hmm. and the silliness and then you you watch it now as an adult and it's the there's it's so clever and smartly written like I, I when i was looking up like who wrote it i was like oh this seems like a tom stoppard 
because it's so smart. And I guess they offered it to him, but he was like, I don't want to watch. I don't want to write something about a board game. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we get Christopher Lloyd and uh, Leslie Ann Warren, uh, Professor Plum and and, um, Miss Scarlet, who arrived together because they uh, bumped into each other. Um, Michael McKeon is Mr. Green. And we don't get a Mrs. Peacock arrival moment, do we? Um, But she's there, uh, Eileen Brennan. Um, and that's our, those are, that's our core cast of characters. Um, and then we have, there's so few people in this, like it would be such an easy play. Um, we have, uh, the cook, uh, we have, uh, the maid Yvette and Mm -hmm. of course, Mr. Body. Um, it always, Sort of. So the so the plot is everybody's been called here. They're all like they've all been given a pseudonym, which I was always curious. Like, okay, so Colonel Mustard is a colonel, and his alias is Colonel Mustard. So like theoretically, his name is like Colonel Thompson. Why not give mm-hmm. him a different designation as well to like really fool people? This is Admiral. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And the same thing with Professor Plum. It'd be like, this is Associate Professor right. Plum. In- <laughs> Intern Mr. Plum. Yes. And um, Viceroy White. <laughs> right, right. Give everybody a designation. Yeah. Right. K- King Green. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're all here at dinner. Uh, nobody knows each other. Uh, it's all very mysterious. Um, they eat dinner where we get this brilliant slurping moment where they're all having their soup and like everybody's sitting there so is just slurping um, and then it thank you <laughs> thank you thank you for adding some ASMR yeah. <laughs> um, Wadsworth reveals that uh, everybody who's been invited is being blackmailed and the plan is to um, confront Mr. Body, their blackmailer, and be like, "We're please don't blackmail us anymore." Do I have or, that right? That's the plan. I, I <laughs> guess, but we don't. We, that's the plan in the middle. That's not what you initially think is the thing. Mm-hmm. But it, that's like the truth when you're in the middle of the movie. That's the premise that everybody's working on at that point. But by the end, that's not the truth of the matter right yeah right. because <laughs> it's also because there's three different endings so depending on which ending it is then the plan is different which i like i, I i've never seen it without all three endings i right, so i we saw it at home video what i, what I didn't right. know is that when they released it in theaters, it had one of three endings, and each ending was the real ending. And it wasn't until home video that they said, oh, let's add in all three, but we're going to say this one is the official ending. Which is so cool. What a cool thing to do. <laughs> like, it again, mm-hmm. it's, what a, it's a movie about a board game. Like, what are we talking about? It's not like this big concept piece of like, you know, uh, I'm going to make three endings. So it has this like artistic 
uh, reveal and like each person <laughs> takes away a different thing. Like, I don't know. We have three different mysteries that it ends and it'll be awesome. Well, that's, and, but that, that's I, I think because it is the game, right? Clue is so replayable every time it's a different combination. That's what makes it fun. So at, without, if I just saw one ending, I don't think I would love it as much because the point is you shuffle up that deck and the next time it's going to be someone else and the next time it's going to be someone else. And it, the perfect ending, I would feel so cheated if I didn't get the ending where everybody killed at least <laughs> someone because then you wouldn't get the line from uh, um, from Christopher Lloyd where he's like, wait a minute, then who did I kill? My butler. Oh, shucks. Like, <laughs> 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 um. And yeah, so I, I just to find out that it was that some people didn't see all the endings um, just like blew my mind. I was like, but it makes so much sense. And it's so it's so fun. Um, mm. And like, of course, at the time, people thought it was repetitive and, and they did not <laughs> respond to the gimmick, um, you know, because, of course, it was like, well, they'll go see it again and again. Once word gets out and there's multiple endings. Um also, how many fights do you think, how many fights do you think broke up couples that like went to see it separately and they were like, yeah, wasn't it crazy? Mrs. Mrs. Peacock did it. What are you talking about? Miss Scarlet did it. Wait, what? And then they just fight and fight and fight. Each one of them convinced of their truth. Well, <laughs> Chrissy, if the- <laughs> probably very few in all honesty, but I like it. That's a funny one. And if a marriage is, is can be if broken, the movies separate. They're already seeing the movies separately. They've already got issues. I already have questions. They didn't even see it in the, the same theater. Movie. They yeah. had to go to different theaters to see it. Yeah, they did. Here's a yeah. here. Here's what it could. Here's Clue what that wasn't could work. the problem. Clue wasn't the problem at that point. I bet no. Here's what it could be: is that somebody went to go see it was like, "Oh, honey, you have to go see this movie because of the way that this thing ends here. Uh, it's it's so crazy." And then they go and see it, and they're like, "Oh, I liked how it ended like this." And then they're like, oh, "That's not how it ended. Were you somewhere else, Michael? Were you cheating on me? No, yeah. that's how it ended. I swear." For the very ending, I deduce that you <laughs> snuck out at the last ten minutes. Yes, you were. You were sneaking in the exact plot entirety for the first hour and twenty minutes to me just now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> marriage dissolved. So, so like, but at the initial bit where we introduce the subject of that of the murder is when Wadsworth reveals, oh, Mr. Body, he's the one. They each talk about what what they're being blackmailed for, and they're like, "What about Mr. Body over here?" And it's like, "Oh, he's blackmailing you." And he's like, "Oh, I'm get, I I had an idea. I'm I'm getting everybody a gift, which, uh, and he gives everybody their weapon, right? The revolver, mm-hmm. the wrench, the lead pipe, the knife, uh, and the rope." and the candlestick everybody gets one which i have to think to myself like did, was he just looking around the house he had like, only bought the gun and the knife and then he was like gosh he, i don't know uh, with the idea on the drive over it's like all right what's in my trunk <laughs> I, I i always wondered why you know the mr body always seemed out of place like mm-hmm. mr body I, I was always wondering it was it like an artistic decision that he was a little flat or he was an un you know played by an unknown or what was the why was he so different than everyone else 
And then look, doing the research, it's like, oh, he wasn't an actor. He was a musician. And the director mm. probably liked him. <laughs> he was a... Yeah, so... It's all making sense. It was just bad casting. Yeah, well, th- if there's one weak spot, it's Mr. Body's performance. But at the same time, it's like, oh, I'm so glad he's dead through most of yeah. it, right? He's, he right. dies and it's like, oh, thank God. I don't have to watch him anymore. He seems like <laughs> such a weasel. But then when you reveal that he really, he was Wadsworth's butler, it's like, that man's nobody's butler. He's, he's not. He's no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they picked him because his name is Lee Ving. And and they're like leaving. It's funny, get it, Mister Body is leaving because he's going to die. It's funny, and it's like it's only funny if you watch the credits really closely, <laughs> right? Also, with the different endings, they would have someone come out and explain that in joke too. Yeah, for each screening. Um, but I always wondered. So once they do, like obviously, uh, like so, Mister Body's plan is like you kill Wadsworth, and it's like, wait, why would any of them kill Wadsworth? They're going to kill you, bud. Like, you should have seen that coming. If you were thinking fourth dimensionally enough to be like, I'm going to throw a wrench in this plan. Wait a minute. A wrench. That's what I should bring. Um, You know. Damn it. I should have brought a wrench. <laughs> it's like, kill this guy who wants us to, to stop the blackmail or, or kill the guy who is blackmailing you. Like, he, he should have seen that coming. Mm-hmm. they say in the movie uh, don't think too hard about it right isn't that mistakes were made yeah they had they knew they had to get to that setup Mm -hmm. you know and so it's just they were they reverse engineered from this is the perfect setup for this movie how do we get them there uh uh, here we go great yeah let's not worry about Uh, it sure great yeah it's all fine um because what we so like eventually in the very 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 end if you see the Tim Curry ending where everybody is everybody's responsible and you learn that he's the real blackmailer, um, then it's like, I want to imagine his conversation. Like, and all these people who are working there and arriving there are the network of spies and informants. So it's like, so he calls, he like calls the motorist guy and he's like, Hey, I need you to come by, just come by the house, not my house to come by a house. But like pretend that your car broke down, but like really leave it outside because my other friend who's a cop, he's coming too. But so like he needs to see um, your car and like, okay. And so you, my friend, my hooker friend, um, you come over and you're going to like be a, the maid. And yeah. like, how did like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would suggest not a sequel or a remake, <laughs> but a prequel, which oh, is like- him just like explaining these cumbersome plans and him like having these long conversations in these meetings and working out how everything's going to work. But doing and it in like, the same way that he explains how everything's done at the end of the movie, right. where he's running from hall to hall, and eventually everyone's just like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Just stop. I'm not running anymore, man. I'll do whatever running. you want. Just That's fine. Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't getting make sense, hit- but whatever. Like getting teaching teaching his butler how to do an American accent, because uh-huh. obviously he has to have a British butler. Um. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And then like, like, so he's like an event planner and he's like, okay, so the singing telegram is coming at this moment. And so like, if we're not ready by the time the singing telegram gets here, just don't think, don't think about that. It's fine. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, (laughs) 
so yeah so people start to die mr body is dead like then we start running all around we're searching the house for other people and uh like all the extra people uh get murdered um but our core crew are fine we find secret passages which is exactly where they are and where they go in the game and it's just all around fun 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 um also if you're a fan of cleavage there's a lot to like in this movie yeah (laughs) one of the winners of this movie is cleave um so i did read that uh uh miss scarlet was supposed to be played by carrie fisher uh she was cast in that role but had to drop out because she went to uh the rehab and um so that leslie and warren was a last last minute replacement uh because she was friends with the producer she was married to the producer so they're like uh, Mm. i can get my wife in here and she, you know, she's like literally in the next door. She's like literally in the next room. Um, what do you like? Can you imagine it with Carrie Fisher in that role? Yeah, I, I think that would have been great. Um, and then I also think Miss Peacock just got out of rehab for the movie. She did. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Hey, look, man, 1985 what a, what was a, a wild time. time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be All alive. Right. Oh, boy. Um, um, so what are some of your favorite moments? Do you have favorite lines? Do you have favorite moments? What are they? Mm. I, my, my number one favorite, I will tell you, and it is the most gifable moment of this too, is, and apparently was ad-libbed, is Madeline Kahn, flames on the side of my face, yeah. breathless, heaving, heaving breaths. <laughs> but I always like, I'm always like, flames on the side of my face that's just how i explain myself when i'm feeling overwhelmed that's great i think most most all of my favorite moments revolve around tim curry Mm -hmm. (laughs) no meaning yes Mm -hmm. yes there is or yes there isn't one of my favorites is when he's stumbling around in the dark and he's like oh another door and he turns it and it turns on the shower shower. it's just pure just pure physical comedy just great Mm mm-hmm which is another interesting bit because the house belongs to a friend of his. He tells us that at some point. So like nobody, li- nobody who's there lives in that house, which makes, which only is the way to explain why he doesn't already know like where everything is and stuff. But his solution in all three endings is that they stack the bodies in the cellar and leave quietly one at a time. And it's like, that's your friend's house. You're going to just like. <laughs> He's not going to get a good Airbnb rating. He's not. Back. No. He's not. Yeah. yeah. Um, that always, that always made me feel a little. A little, <laughs> right. a little upset. <laughs> and, and then also speaking of reveals in the very last one, we learned that um, Mr. Green um, is an undercover FBI agent. Yes. Yeah. And was only pretending to be gay, which it, it is revealed in line. I'm gonna go home and sleep with my wife. Which don't we all say that when we when we leave a room? Um, <laughs> it's like what he was just pretending to be the gay. Well, he really kept it up the whole time, so he's really good at being undercover. Yeah, and mm-hmm. seemingly for no purpose. It's not like he leveraged that personality to do anything. Nope. <laughs> just because like he's in like they're about to like go in this thing. It's like, so they don't know me. None of them will know who I am. Guys, I want to be gay for this. 
I think I want to be a homosexual man. Are you sure? That's not part of the thing at all. No, I, you don't. No, no, I, you literally don't need to come up with a backstory. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm a gay man, and that's who I am. That's. I feel like I need to do this again. You do not need to. It's not part of the mission. I'm going to break. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, it's so yeah. It's so amazing. But like, that's one of my favorite things is, is like imagining those moments of movies that we don't see, <laughs> which is like just those moments yeah. of them coming up with their character. Um, I love it. Okay, so, um, obviously. We all think this movie hold, holds up really well. Is that am I, is that fair to say? Is there anything that you feel like? I mean, aside from like that little bit of like the like slight homophobia, although it doesn't ever feel homophobic, their treatment of like, you know, it feels very in and of the time. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel um, pu- like it's punching t- down too much. I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I yeah. think that there are movies from like five years ago that are more homophobic and sexist and cringy than this movie <laughs> mm-hmm. is. That mm-hmm. is much, much older than that. And the fact that it is that old and like, you know, not that you judge it by the worst things, but like it does have cringe, but not like so much that you're like, I cannot watch this anymore. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. like some movies that are in the last 10 years that have come out and are like that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so like in that, I feel like even with its, you know, you would never write it the same, you would never insert the same jokes or you would reword them or play it in a different way so that it, you know, wasn't so horrendous or, or so, yeah. so abrasive, but it's not so bad that it's unwatchable or that it takes anything away from, uh, from the, the overall experience. Yeah, because because also in in there's three endings, and in two of the three, in only one of the three endings, he's it, playing a character. Yeah, that's he's, right. You know, he actually is that guy. In two universes, he's just allowed to to stay gay. Um, but I I think the comedy that they play it for is really just that he's the only one who doesn't want to hang out with um the very busty French maid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- and he's like, would anyone go with me? I will. I will. No, thank you. Like, that's the joke that they're playing for. Um, <laughs> I really could perform this whole movie for you. Like, if I had, if I had shadow Yo, puppets. Pops, it'll, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> the motorist. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so we talked about, I know that you uh, did a recast. What do we think of remaking this movie? I would love to see it done as a play. Um, but what do we think about, like, if we were going to remake this movie, is it remakeable? And who would we put in it? Well, I, I, I think it already has been remade. And I think it was Knives Out. Like, oh yeah 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 i can't think about this movie and like remaking it and doing anything without being like yeah but knives out like kind of mm-hmm. kind of hit it out of the park uh i, I would well, defer to that <laughs> so there's a long tradition of these these murder mysteries it's maybe not like the whodunit murder mysteries that is maybe a lot of people in America don't have as much exposure. Like a lot of people when he, when Ryan Johnson was trying to make knives out, he was like, yeah, it's not really like clue. (laughs) This is actually like a genre, but that's people's touchstone for it. You know? 
Um, and I think that there's, you know, there's a ton of, uh, of especially like on British TV, like it, it's almost more now in TV shows, you know, or, or and then we even kind of have our own versions here in America of just kind of like the, the whodunits, you know? Um, and so I, I feel like um, a lot of people who, who really kind of also have a lot of fondness for Clue also have a fondness for the murder mysteries, which they kind of now associate this, you know, as the murder mysteries, you yeah. know? Yeah. For I, sure. I know that was definitely my introduction into like multi-star murder mysteries, you know, was Clue. Yeah, so, I think so. And that that sort of like um very British, very British seeming for sure. Um but it, let's just say we were <laughs> okay. going to remake it. Who who would we put in in those roles? Like it has to be the most so, hilarious people, right? If we're doing like a one to one, like remake, almost like shot for shot type mm-hmm. of deal, is that kind of the idea? Not like a inspired by the first one proto reboot type thing, or what's our what's our delineation of? You know, are we adding characters? Are we changing the whole feel of it? Are we, you know, adapting it in some certain way? Okay, how about we remake it, but it takes place in, instead of taking place making in the 80s and it takes place in the 40s <laughs> we make it now and it takes place in the 80s <laughs> so so okay so it, this was made in what 85 and it was it took place in 54 so that means 30 years ago was 1990 <laughs> 91 it takes place in 1991 <laughs> i'm into that i'm into it uh, yeah except <laughs> okay. like Oof. i don't know like is blackmail still a thing? Is that something? Yeah, we'll have to come yeah, up with a different reason. I guess. It's still, it's, yeah, it's, it's still a it, thing. A lot of it is like a lot of the blood is based around like. <laughs> I'll, yes. I mean, all the blackmail is based around like, well, the papers will know about you. It's yeah. like, I mean, now it's like, yeah, fake news. You know, like whatever papers. <laughs> I'm gonna ahead. put it on my blog. Ooh, ooh, you uh, like to have sex with people. Oh, <laughs> got him. Um, but so who who would you? I know that we talked about like you you couldn't come up with anyone to put in the Tim Curry role. I have, I have someone, but I don't know that I have the best one. All right, I'm gonna go through it. I'm gonna go okay. through my list. Okay. okay. So I feel like when I'm thinking when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about like the similar kind of like comedians who have maybe some acting experience who are a little like lower orbit. Uh, you know, they're not superstar comedians. They're not really expensive comedians. It's kind of this smaller cast. So that's kind of my reflection. So I've kind of chosen uh, just some different comedians that I kind of like, or uh, so um, starting with the chef, I have Natalie, Natalie Paramedes um, police chief. I got Paul F. Tompkins. Mm-hmm. Oh, all in there. Mm-hmm. Singing Telegram uh, was Lauren Lapkus. I think oh, it's just be so uh, it's just a fun little thing. Now the random cop guy that comes in and is like, "What's happening here? Wait, I'm locked in a t- <laughs> I'm locked in a room. You better <laughs> open this door." Um, I think uh, Keegan Michael Key would be good for that. Uh, just to like over the top, <laughs> be crazy with it. A vet, I got uh, Jane Krakowski 
from 30 Rock who plays Jenna. Uh, Mr. Body, I got Jason Manzukis. Just because he can be really like, <laughs> you know, just like standing up and be like, I'm blackmailing you. That's right. What are you going to do about it? You dum-dums. Miss <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Scarlet, I'm throwing in Kristen Bell. I love her. Because uh, I think she can kind of pull off that kind of swarmy, a uh, little bit of that Arizona trash bag uh, from uh, uh, the good place in there. All right. Mrs. Peacock, I'm going Mary Steenbergen. Oh. For kind of that kind of more more classier kind of uh, uh, performance, Colonel Mustard, Sterling K. Brown. How <gasps> yeah. do you like that? Is he funny? Is he funny? I think he can be. I think he can be funny, but I think his seriousness as Colonel Mustard will like take him over the top. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so it'll be a real chance to, um, you know, change it up. All right, uh, Mr. Green, Channing Tatum. Love throw him. him in there. And then I got a I got a switcheroo here, Professor Plum, Tiffany Haddish, just Ooh. to throw in another comedian in there to kind of uh, shake it up. Uh, Miss White, I'm going or Mrs. White, I'm going with Junaeanne Raphael because she has that same. I, I can see her doing like just really interesting interpretations of each line. <laughs> All right, and this is so I I think he can pull it off. I I think the energy of the franticness for this Wadsworth, he can pull it off. I'm I'm not a hundred percent on it, but I'm going Daniel Radcliffe. Hmm. Oh, I think I think Daniel Radcliffe has a a, a ra- I think he has a range. Like that kid's yeah. got he's got chops. Like, did you see the one where he's like friends? He's the dead body. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Uh, Swiss uh-huh. Army Man. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I did mm-hmm. see that. So like, I, th- yeah, I, I think I know we could pull off the like frantic, like with well, anyone over here and then we're going to go over here. That's what I go see. Yeah, the gun over here. I think he'd be good at that part. But like the first part where he needs to kind of be the knowing Butler, I'd have to see a screen test. I'm like 90%. I'm 90% on Danny, on Danny Radcliffe. I think that's an excellent choice. I, my, my suggestion would be Tom Hiddleston. Mm. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You know, I'm feeling it. I think that could work. Yeah. We'll bring both in for a screen test and we'll right. see how it looks. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it works. For my, <laughs> so I don't, I'm total crap at these uh, recastings, but for my Wadsworth, I would go American with Mark Evan Jackson. Oh my oh. God. Oh, oh, uh-huh. oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nathan, Nathan, you're coming in, baby. We got a picture. We got a picture. <laughs> I'll see you on set tomorrow. All right, we'll yeah. see. Um, Get your COVID test and we'll see you on set. We'll yeah, work out well, the rest. I think that, I I mean, honestly, I think we're going to start to see Mark Evan Jackson in a lot more stuff and a lot more leading roles now that now that the secret's out about uh mark evan jackson thanks to the good place and um mm. uh and brooklyn uh, nine nine yeah. um he's he's so amazing uh and, yeah i'm all for making this just a universe that takes place in like dan gore's um <laughs> like all the people from yeah. his shows totally. uh, let's get him in there to produce and, and write it i think um it would be great um all right, so on a scale of uh, one 
one shot to ten shots, or one plus two plus two plus one plus one plus two plus one plus one. Uh, from from one murder weapon to ten murder weapons, how many murder weapons do you give a clue? All right, so I've broken this down. You okay. told me you wanted a rating, so mm-hmm. I've broken it down into R A T I N G. Oh, so I've divided <laughs> it into rewatchability, artistry, technical intelligence, nostalgia, and gravy. Gravy that little extra, <laughs> that little extra that like a film has. Okay, so rewatchability. This movie gets a ten. I think yeah. absolutely the, one of the most rewatchable. Put it on anytime, and you're going to have a great time. Artistry. I'm going to give that a seven. Uh, I think it does have you know interesting uh, art choices in it. I think most of it's pretty safe. Under technical, this is the lowest one. I gave it a six. I think that uh, you know redoing it today, you might uh, you know try a little more uh improved uh technical aspects of it in the in the shooting and the yeah it's kind of it's kind of lit like a stage to where it's a bit flat you know and and they're obviously like having multiple cameras just pick things off yeah yeah. so i think it could have that it could have that accelerated uh technical there's that's the lowest one intelligence and that's like how brainy do you have to be or how like smart of a a thing how clever is it i give that an eight because i do think it's super clever the way everything works nostalgia gets a nine this is high up there on the nostalgia scale (laughs) uh for everything and then for that gravy that thing you can't really explain about what makes it good that thing that brings all of those things together this gets a 10 for me so averaging all of those out this is an 8.3 murder weapons on my rating scale wow i um i think you just ruined our podcast by pointing out all the ways we <laughs> should be doing a better job <laughs> thank you we'll have to do Let's it that way no <laughs> Guys, I'll see you next week for uh, my rating review for the next two movies. Jeff, you're in charge now. Um, It was nice being here. Uh, No, that's great. I love it. Uh, So thorough. And yes, I agree about the, especially the technical bit, because there's a lot of reused footage. Like, like they use the same shot over and over again. Obviously, when they're retreading Mm. the the story again and again, but there are also moments like, like the moment when Miss Scarlet screams, it's the same both times somebody falls out of the fridge, um, which I think is a little bit weird. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you on all of that. What do you think, Nathan? So I, I feel like I'm the bad guy because I'm only giving it a 1 plus 2 plus 1 plus 2 plus 1, which is a 7. Really? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I felt like it it maybe wasn't as as tight as I remember. Mm. Um, th- I felt like there were there was definitely like jokes that that missed, but there there's still so much to love. There's still yeah. so much to, you know, um, you know they throw so so many things at the wall that that uh, if one joke doesn't hit, you know, I can think. You know, I felt like all of I love Christopher Lloyd. I just didn't feel like any of his kind of creepy professor really landed for me and there was a lot of other like um not that not that <laughs> i, I want to phrase it but some of the like the sexist stuff that they did with like you know here you know search me okay like you know and then it's not that the 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 inherent creepiness of it turned me off it's just that the joke wasn't very funny you know um and there a were a lot of the jokes like, do seem like they were written by horny teenagers yeah 
Yeah. Um, but there, there's still so much to love in this movie. There's still so many moments that are are classic and just joyful. That yeah, I I think I'm I'm, I'm gonna have to give it a one plus two plus one plus two plus one. Excellent. Um, well, you are you are often like the harshest um, uh, uh, critic. So I, for me, when I'm uh, like evaluating. Like usually, like it's we call it like the classic, like Nathan, like six point five, right? So, like, <laughs> so, so seven yeah, is you know, yeah, yeah, you know. If a movie doesn't have Kurt Russell, then it automatically is down. <laughs> yeah, one Kurt Russell point. is is a plus one point five. Yes. Um. Uh. So, like, my thought is, you know, is it rewatchable? Does it hold up? Is this the type of movie that, yeah, you can throw on? At any time, and any, no matter where it is in the movie, you're going to watch the rest Anytime. of the movie. Yeah. Um, you can watch it with the kids, and they enjoy it, and they think it's funny, and they find yep. things um, that they like about it. Uh, I love a PG hilarious movie. I love a comedy that can ride that PG, PG-13 line and um, still be just as funny as any R-rated uh, comedy. And um, I think that this movie checks all the boxes including i never my enjoyment of it never wanes i'm still sitting there taking notes watching it this time <laughs> saying the pieces of the movie along with the movie so that for me puts it in the 10 category of the other of the things that on this podcast i have rated as 10s princess bride um yeah. raiders uh, die hard things like that um for me clue is one of them and i would i would uh put it put it in there but i understand that not everybody feels the same way so so and it's hard to like you know judging it against every other movie ever been made like yeah that's where it's okay we got you gotta take this but when yeah you're talking about like mainstream movies from the 80s that were popular and that you would rewatch today i mean absolutely it's you putting it up your other tens are like yeah those are also tens so this would also you know it has that same classic uh like why you go to the movies feel you know this is mm -hmm. it's not it's not film art it's movies right yeah. it's it's eating popcorn mm -hmm. and you watch it on vhs tapes and uh you know be silly with it and like to me, I asked myself a question: Would I go if there was like if some movie theater someplace was doing a you know a cult classic screening of this? Mm -hmm. Would I be like, oh my god, I have to get my tickets right now because I need to see this in a room full of other people uh, who are who you know and and give me a little pop gun I can like shoot off when when that moment happens? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is a movie where I'm like, sign me up, take me there. Um, I need to to be at that revival screening. Um, Okay, so uh, deep cut recommendation. So like everything that I saw, I, I, is anybody's choice knives out? Because everything that I saw <laughs> was like... You could definitely go there, but yeah, no, it's not. When I looked it up on, uh, like when I was uh, <laughs> renting it on Amazon, they were like, are, are you sure you don't want to watch Knives Out? Because are you I sure? Are you sure? <laughs> it's right here. I'll give it to you. It's right here. Please, just... please take this. You rented Clue, but we're just going to throw in Knives Out. We're just going to have it start playing after this. Um, is that your deep cut recommendation, Jeff? That is definitely high on my list. I have a okay. deep list. Yeah. Let's hear it. Well, I there was a lot that I wanted to, like that it brought 
to me and like thinking about and that um, I wanted to kind of reflect in there too. I think, um, you know, if you haven't seen the like BBC Sherlock series, I think if, if you're at all into like the mystery and like really, you know, that part, uh, you got to go back and rewatch that. I think the sort of um, like ingeniousness of like the multiple endings had a feel of like Kimmy Schmidt, that choose your own adventure thing that they did on Netflix. And Radcliffe, like a tie-in. Yes, exactly. And, you know, that to me, like that novelty of like in a comedy using this, using the ability of it, using the medium to your advantage, reminded me of it. Um, In sort of like aesthetic and feel, uh, Russian Doll, the um, Netflix show, kind of i don't know why it just i had a similar vibe to that same with like grand budapest hotel in terms of like uh looking at um uh like kind of uh this old timey nostalgic type of feel um that board game mysterium that's my uh, recommendation sorry, I, stole it. I didn't want to steal your recommendation okay never mind never mind we're skipping that i think a big a big win in this is uh wood paneling in houses is a big win in this one. So I'm going to throw out I'm going to throw out three houses that you can tour. So the first is the Gamble House in Pasadena, California, which is a beautiful craftsman style house. Um that is like really cool. Uh I'm going to throw in Hearst Castle up in San Simeon. Uh just mad wood paneling and also craziness there. And then Scotty's Castle in Death Valley. Uh I'm just going to throw that out there. If you're looking for a big house to go through and look in, it just has that same type of vibe. Which I always am. (laughs) Here's the billiards room and here's the library and the observatory. (laughs) What are all these rooms for? The Uh, conservatory. I've never understood. I don't know what a conservatory is. What what are you doing there? I don't know. (laughs) But all of these houses will have a house, will have a room like that. And you can see and then be like, I still don't know. I still don't know what you do. Is it for plants? Just tell what me. Is it here? for plants? Tell me. Uh, two video games if you're in the mystery. Uh, <laughs> I told you. I have so many. I've been thinking about this. We'll all attach week. the PDF. I'm so ex- I was so excited to do this. Um, so two video games, The Pains Creek Killings, uh, which is kind of this mystery uh, walk around first person, try to figure out what's going on. And that then, sounds amazing. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And genuinely, there was a moment in that game that I was playing, and um, it was so it like it's not a jump scare or anything, but like something just like happened. I was like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to, I had to just get up and leave. I was like, I can't. No, I can't. Um, <laughs> say, say the name of that one again. Pains the, Creek Killings. Pains Creek Killings. Okay. Uh, and then another one, Return of the Obra Din, which is a really cool visual experience. Uh, the puzzles are really super hard in it, but it has this sort of uh, mix of like clue and guess who, where you're trying to figure out these crimes, these murders that happened on this ship through like listening and figuring out all these things that happened in the past. Um, so I'll throw those out there. And uh, I'm also going to, I also really love sci-fi movies. So I'm going to throw two movies out there <laughs> that just reminded me that just reminded, I don't know why, but they like reminded me of this movie as I was watching it. The first is, are you taking over the podcast? Are you yes. taking over the podcast? <laughs> Look at me. 
I am the co-host now. He I am is, the co-host. Um, he's a he's an improviser and a, a, has a degree in film, so he could replace us both, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I, I got I, this. Let me, let me just, you know, the hey, thanks for listening to the uh, most excellent '80s movies podcast. Like and review us on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> we really need those reviews; they help in the search. Uh, <laughs> All of that's true. Yes. What are so wait? Yeah, what are we on? We're on sci-fi movies. Okay. Yes, I gotta show love to my sci-fi. That's that's my bread and butter. Uh, but two two that like kind of connected to be like some way with this uh, adjustment bureau with Matt Damon. Kind of has a weird mystery thing that kind of unfolds in it. And then source code. um, Jake Gyllenhaal? With with Jake, with my boy Jake. Kind of has the same type of like trying to figure out uh, a mystery of something that's going on. So that's it. That's all of my stuff. I'm sorry I went overboard. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm going to talk about the searchers for the next it's little bit. Murder mystery. The hateful oh. eight is a murder mystery. There oh, you yeah. go. Let's connect it in. Anytime uh-huh. somebody's murdered, let's talk about all the things where somebody's murdered. Okay, so there's <laughs> <laughs> so my recommendations. Uh, so if you're into like, if you want to, you know, it's like you're into Clue and Knives Out, like some of these British movies where it, it's very similar to where it's an all star cast. You know, you've got a detective. This you know, clue didn't really have a detective. You know, um, yeah. uh, but but like the all star, and then people are being picked off one at a time. Like um, there's these uh, uh, death on the death on the Nile is the better movie, but it's not really available, not easily available. So I'd recommend Evil Under the Sun, um, with which is an Ag- Ag- Agatha Christie. Um, uh, Poirot one, um, and so it's it's you know all star with like Roddy McDowell, James Mason who's in like half of these, um, Peter Ustinov plays Poirot, but it's like it's just like a really fun, uh, you know, very similar, you know, all star all star cast. Um, if you want to go a little deeper, um, a little harder to find, um, the last of Sheila is really good. Um, and that's also got James Mason as Ian McShane. Uh, James Coburn is in is in it. Um, that one's really good. That that's basically everyone is spending kind of a week on a yacht um, as they kind of play a scavenger hunt style mystery game. But it's really about trying to detect who had a hand in killing um, James Coburn's wife, Sheila. Um, but it was co-written by uh, Stephen Sondheim. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, they uh, so they also tried to get Stephen Sondheim to write this movie, and he was like, "No, thank you." Yeah. Well, he he was a massive, massive like murder mystery nut. Like he would, um, he would have he would basically do the kind of thing that is in The Last of Sheila, to where he would invite people over for like a murder mystery weekend, and it was like a murder mystery that he had written. Yeah. So yeah. I oh love man. This. I love. So yeah, this. I, I'd um, say say Evil Under the Sun or The Last of Sheila. That's so. great. Um. Yeah, so I figured I like would recommend a board game, uh, since that's the origin story here. And I was going to recommend uh, Betrayal at the House on the Hill. Um, and then uh, my ten year old was like, "No, no, 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 mom! It's Mysterium. You got to recommend Mysterium, which is a board game where the object is to find out 
who killed them and where and with what. Uh, but the way that you do so is that you, uh, one person is the psychic or no, is the ghost and they have to give visions to every, all the other players who are psychics and um, the cards are really beautiful, but they're, they're really weird. So it's like you give someone a picture of a red balloon because you want them to understand that the murderer has a red hat on. And it like it really it really lets mm-hmm. you know how hard it is to be a ghost who's trying to communicate who your killer was. <laughs> you know, really like that ghost life, you know, tells that you that story. Um, and then I and then I wanted to recommend just since everybody else had so many recommendations, I got to add one more, which is a uh, hunt a killer um, murder mystery, uh, which is a subscription service. So uh, you subscribe what? to it and every um, month. They send you a new packet of evidence. <laughs> Come in. They send you a new packet of evidence. And uh, like you have to like read the witness statements, look through the autopsy reports, like look at the pieces of evidence, like like there'll be a pair of socks or like a wallet, and you have to like piece together the um Wait, some stranger's gonna send me their socks pass. I'm not doing that subscription <laughs> box. I don't want it. <laughs> But it's uh, it's really fun. So you're solving the mystery, basically. Um, and they they do a thing where, like, if you finish the first box, there's a little pop up window because there's like a computer element as well as the real stuff. And it'll be like, do you want us to just send you the next box right now? And I'd be like, yes, send it now. I can't wait a month. Um, so that's really fun, too. So. All right. Um, Jeff. Yes. Where should people look to find all of the. um? <laughs> cool jeff stuff well i appreciate you asking uh if you're into podcasts and you're into dungeons and dragons uh i'm part of a podcast called knights of the roll table and we're an actual play dungeons and dragons podcast we play the game and we make it up in our own homebrew setting and uh we also do the pg as comedy game so it's fun and it's one that you can listen to in front of children, uh, which is a lot of fun. And we're currently in season four of that, where I am dungeon mastering that. So it's a lot of insanity going on all of the time. Uh, so you can check us out. It's at Roll Table is our handle for Instagram and other things. And you can find us uh, anywhere you get podcasts. It's Knights of the Rolled Table. Indeed. Sweet. Uh, highly recommend that. Uh, Nathan, where can everybody find your filmmaking brilliance? Uh, probably the best place is squishystudios.com. That leads to all the socials and the YouTubes and the videos and things you can read, I suppose. That just seems like the easy route. Yeah. But I'm really where selling can it. find out about you? <laughs> oh, well, thank you for asking, Jeff. Uh, oh, you can find you. me at nctphoenix.com, which is N for neighborhood, C for comedy, and T for theater, and phoenix all spelled out.com. Uh, you can actually watch me do improv if you want to online um, Friday nights for free. Uh, Jeff was a recent guest on one of our online shows. Uh, and if you're in the valley you can see me hopefully um uh out of doors at saturday night outdoor comedy shows in downtown mesa um yay wonderful thank you for listening um do do as jeff said and like and rate and review and star and thumbs up and do all of those things that you know podcast need you look you know podcast need when is the last time you rated a podcast 
But when was who was the last? Guess what? We need your rating a lot more than my favorite murder needs your rating. You know, Pod so Save America doesn't need delete your rating. The rating. Delete that thumbs up there because obviously it's a one to one, and then you've <laughs> got to give us that thumbs up and that rating. And if you find another better podcast, then you can delete ours and give it to them. That's just yeah, how but, this works. You know, think think twice about. And that. also, every time you give a good review to a podcast you like, a podcast you do you don't like gets one star review and gets further down. So instead of thinking about boosting this one up, you can think about a podcast you hate and shoving it further down <laughs> in the algorithm. See, no. you're also punishing people too. There's so no, you should feel good. There's no carrot way and stick. Yes. <laughs> um. Uh, but obviously, we we uh, we would really appreciate that, you guys. Um. Yeah. And also, you know, while you're out there with your carrot and your stick, keep the most excellent '80s movies podcast motto in mind: be excellent to each other and party, party on, dudes. It's like flames party on on the side of my face, heaving. Breathless, heaving breaths. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I will. Oh, it's so yay. good. Woo!